The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. You want to know what I think? I'll tell you what I think. I think those two gentlemen from, from Cognitive Dissonance, they're a bunch of demonic sodomites. They're demonic sodomites talking about gay sex all day and talking about liberal Satan Guys, this is Jack from Chicago. I went on that physics field trip to Great America, and you are right, it totally sucked. I tried to opt out of it. I told him I wasn't going, and then I brought a can of food into my homeroom in high school, and I won a free field trip to Great America, and it totally sucked. You're right, it was homework from start to finish. I knew it was going to suck, and they dragged me along anyway. Um, So I'm with you. Cheers. Hey, it's Cecil and Tom. This is James from Arkansas. Anyway, uh, I was uh, just going to call in to say that uh, doing homework while getting your dick sucked is pretty awesome as a college student. I've got to say, that's an experience I've had, and it's pretty sweet. I'd take that field trip any day of the week. Uh, However... Uh, I, I can think of a worse field trip, and that would involve uh, getting your dick sucked while riding a roller coaster. I think that would not end well. Anyway, uh, uh, obligatory glory hole, and uh, yeah, yeah, keep up the good work. Hi, guys. It's my turn to be pandemic. I wanted to call in and say that there is a Sodom still in this world. It's in Canada. It's when you're driving up from Cleveland. I know. On your way to Toronto, there's a little town called Sodom, and um, they may have, they have the best French fries and gravy because that's the best thing in Canada. So I just wanted to let you know it's still there, and it's awesome because of the French fries and gravy. And glory hole, motherfuckers. You guys rock. advise that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical. It's political. And there is no welcome at this episode 196. Nope. 190, well, we're using the old notes. 197. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Foiled again. 
I say foiled, it's just incompetence. Uh, it's just incompetence. To be fair, we did record Saturday, Monday, and Thursday of this week. So it's been a little back <laughs> been to busy. back to back. I kind of like the weeks when we don't record three times. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. Like, I can't tolerate the, that many hours of I know. Me. So like I like I actually feel genuinely bad for you. What we need is like every week we need to be on David Smalley's show. And then that way <laughs> we only record once a week. And that would be amazing. I think every week we were on David Smalley's show, David Smalley all of a sudden has much less shows. He dies a little inside. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny because like that guy is like he's so well spoken, he's so earnest, and he's so serious about his mission and about the things that are important to him. And we just fucking derail that like every oh, time. Like, he's, he's trying to talk about things that are genuinely yeah. important. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh, we shoot that down pretty quick. I've just sucked one year of your life away. What did this do to you? Tell me. And remember, this is for posterity, so be honest. How do you feel? But uh, let's go ahead and get right into our first story. This one comes from Right Wing Watch. Um, and this is Brian Fisher fucking shooting his mouth off about the uh, the torture shenanigans. So the recent Senate report that came out um, detailing the um, enhanced interrogation, which is just fucking raw torture um, by CIA agents. And so it's caused something of a stir. Um, for for a lot of reasons, um, people incidentally, Cecil, a lot, a lot of the arguments I've been seeing, and this is kind of an aside, but a lot of the arguments I'm seeing are not against the torture itself, but against the releasing of the information about the torture. Right. That's what I saw, too. Like, really? That's what you're, you know, information is what protects us from the yeah, government. I, I don't I cannot understand that viewpoint at all. Like, that's flabbergasting. It's like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want to know about it. What are you fucking kidding me? You'd rather your government, like, did this shit in secret? You know, I, I wonder if I'm looking at this in sort of a... And, and slap me if I'm getting fucking wistful here. Uh, you know, like, like fucking... Man, best time in America was in the past or whatever. But it almost feels like... It feels like if this, this shit wouldn't fly, if somebody like Cronkite were still around. Because that seems like a type of person who would say, no, we've got to get this information out there. This information is more important than anything else. You want to make sure that people hear about these these events because the free exchange of information is what makes democracy possible. Without that, you run into problems with authority. Authority can do what it wants. And that's why we want this this information. That's why we want it. So there's a check and a balance so that uh, like the authority figures don't have the ability to sweep shit under the rug and make shit up like enhanced interrogation. The fuck is that? Did they, did they pay for an upgrade? Is that what happened? <laughs> oh, we upgraded their room to the torture suite. Well, that's nice. That's not an upgrade at exactly. all. Exactly. The idea that <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's that it's that fucking language. Where you're saying, oh, it's enhanced interrogation. No, it's fucking torture. It's fucking torture that you're using to extract information which doesn't fucking work. Great. Now you fucking pissed somebody off and you're fucking torturing them in my goddamn name. Fuck you. You don't get to do that. Well, and look, if you're going to, if we're going to be a nation of tortures, let's be honest about it. Let's be a nation of tortures. 
right? If that's who we are as a people, then let's be that people. But like hiding it and then being mad that it's not hidden properly is basically like being like, wait a minute, I wanted to be a hypocrite. Yeah. And you won't let me be a hypocrite. How dare you not let me be a hypocrite? Or conversely, like I've, I've heard people like, yeah, well, you know, I mean, like when you spill the government secrets, then the government can't do the shit that they need to do to keep us safe. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I, I got to ask you this question, Cecil, and, I, and I, I was just thinking about what you said about like, you know, Cronkite and like the because there was sort of like a like a heyday of real journalism that we're certainly I would be I'd be hard pressed to say that we're in that same heyday now. But I would say that we have more information than we've ever had, and we have it faster than we've ever had it. And I wonder if that isn't its own set of problems, that there's almost like an information glut that makes you sort of numb to this data. Because it's, it's, have, we have so much access to so many stories and so much data. I wonder if it does, doesn't pack the punch it used to. Yeah, I you know there's it's interesting. That's an interesting take. I also wanted to point out just really quickly that not only do we have this uh, this lots of information that's coming to us, we also have a steady stream of leaked information that was not available to us. I think in previous times, it may have been available to us at certain points, but it wasn't available to us as as with the frequency. I think that leaked information is available to us now. Um, so I think that that's a that's a benefit, uh, but I I I wonder if if that's the case. I wonder if if that if that is the real problem. I think one of the other major problems is that the news is no longer objective. It's no longer here's the news. It's here's the news and here's my spin. And that's what this show is about. I mean, Laura, I'm not going to fucking sure, lie. Right. That's what this yeah. show is about. Here's the news. Here's my spin. Brian Fisher, we're going to play his clip in a second. He's doing the exact same thing. Here's the news. Here's my spin. There's very few people who are just like, here's the news. I mean, we're finding our, our, our news specifically here from a place that, that prides itself on keeping check on the right wing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. And I think that we've lost the ability to differentiate and maybe we never had it. I don't know between editorializing and reporting. Right. Um, because this is editorializing, and that's always been part of journalism. Editorializing has always been part of journalism. I just wonder, I just wonder if like we can't differentiate. Maybe we never could. I don't know. But um, are we just unable to differentiate between an editorial and a reporting? Like, do we do we just assume that everything is an editorial? I will say a lot point? of people are confused about our show when it comes to that. People will send yeah, us messages. Yeah, I guess that's true, man. We get we do get people who are like. We've had iTunes reviews where people are like, I like the stories, but I don't like their commentary. You know, commentary. <laughs> and you're like, what are you fucking talking That's about? That's the whole show. Like, that you literally don't sense. like any of the show. Yeah. Let's play. Let's play Brian Fisher. I mean, those are big questions, Tom. I don't know the answers to. Let's see if Brian Fisher knows the <laughs> I'm sure he'll them. nail it to a cross. <laughs> now, here is the problem I have with the way the left is approaching this. All of the problems. I have every problem with this. <laughs> it's not just a single problem, Brian. Who are you crapping? Uh, you know, we know that war uh. is a nasty business. But the Bible, it's important to understand, is not an anti-war document. Christianity is not a pacifist religion. In fact, if you go to Exodus 15.3, you will find that the Lord there is described as a man of war. That's Yahweh. The God that we served is described in Exodus 15 
as a man of war. Isn't that like a kind of fish? It's <laughs> a jellyfish. God's a jellyfish. God is a man oh, of he's war. He's flipping and flopping on uh, issues. <laughs> you can see right through him. He's transparent. <laughs> he's got fucking nematocysts that like uh, pop when you touch him. That's like, awesome. Shoot fucking little yeah. harpoons of poison into your system. You're like, what the fuck? Now, we often think Thanks of General God. Jesus meek and mild. But let's not forget, according to Romans nineteen fifteen, when he comes back, or nineteen thirteen, when Christ comes back, he will be riding a white horse and wearing his own robe dipped in blood. That is a robe that is worn by a warrior who is inflicting casualties on the foe. So this is Jesus, gentle Jesus, meek and mild. When he comes back, his robe is going to be dipped in blood because he, too, is a warrior. It's dipped in blood, and then they hold it over your mouth and then ask you questions. That's that's how it works. <laughs> Gentle Jesus, meek and waterboarding. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, a lot of people don't know that Jesus actually was, uh, he was one of the seer test trainers, you know, for the, yeah. for the tactical, uh, you, you know, crew, and make sure that they can, you know, because those disciples... You know, Judas Judas was actually tortured. He was waterboarded. That's why he gave up Jesus. It wasn't the 30 pieces of silver. No, no. That was yeah. just compensation and, for after they waterboarded him. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, they took him in the back room and beat him with phone books. Yeah. It was confusing because <laughs> they didn't have phones. Well, and then they sodomized him. <laughs> well, did you? I'm sure you saw the same the same reports that, that the CIA was just making it up as they went along. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just did making you? it up. And that doesn't surprise me. I don't, does that surprise you? Because it... Well, it... It surprises me only because I know that um, that a lot of time and energy was spent on interrogation and uh, anti-interrogation or counter-interrogation techniques. So the CIA has experts in this field. And instead, it looks like from the report that a lot of the people they sent to gather information from these supposedly high-value detainees were, like, incompetent or inexperienced and – they just made shit up. What does expertise really mean in that field, though? Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess, like, if the goal is to get information. Yeah, but you and I, I don't I, think I don't that you get information out of it. All it is is just figuring out a way to not hurt somebody. It's a way to, like, put a fucking sausage in a sock and hit somebody so they don't bruise or something. You know what I mean? Like, that's all it is. It's just, I don't, I think that it's just, it's just a, a cleaner sadism. That's all it is. It's that's what those people are, and these people were just being nastier sadists. That's it. Yeah, I no, I don't disagree with you. I just, you know, like I I know that during the Cold War that a lot of time and energy though was spent on trying to find ways to gather intelligence. Yeah, and like if that involved, you know, torture, then that involved torture, and I'm not down with it. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm aggressively opposed, but you know, it seems to me that if we're gonna do something, we should at least do a good job of it. Yeah, you know, it's like it. If you're going to torture people, at least get good, actionable intelligence, uh, even though torture is not good for that. Torture is not an effective way to get intelligence. But, like, to knowingly just send, like, the fucking incompetent and inexperienced, it's just, like, it's like, it really is insult to injury, right? Well, this other Fisher story uh, sort of leads into what you were saying earlier about how they're upset that this report was released. So this is this is Fisher talking about something similar. So do not let Diane Feinstein and these Democrats lie to you. You know what this is, ladies and gentlemen? This is petty and it's juvenile. They just got voted out of office. They're not going to be back in office. The control of the Senate is going over to the Republicans. 
Hey, hey, guys, I just spilled water on my desk. Could somebody bring me a paper towel? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, that's the dangers great. of doing a live show. Oh, that's fucking great. There's more of him cleaning up his desk. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, I needed some water for my throat, and I just dumped it on the, on the set here. But anyway, um, the Senate Democrats... They're losing control of the Senate. January, they're not going to be in power anymore. This was their last chance to poke a finger in the eye of President Bush. I mean, they're like juvenile delinquents. They've been occupying this house, sitting in this house. They've just been evicted from the house. They're, they're going to have to vacate the house on January 1. They're going to have to get out of there January 1. And so they're like juvenile delinquents that decide we're going to trash this place on the way out the door. We don't like the fact that we're going to have to vacate the premises January 1, so we are going to do as much damage on the way out the door as we possibly can. <laughs> that's that's why. there. It's not, Tom, that people in that office hold America in a high regard and want to make sure that she's seen as a country that does not torture human beings. Right. Instead... You know, they were totally down with the torture until they got a, they got voted out. And now they're 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 this is what they're doing. Yeah, I, I just I just cannot even believe that you would be upset that, that that you would look at something like releasing a report on our fucking bad actions and be like, ah, that they're just doing that because they want to put a fucking thumb in the eye of the president from fucking six years ago. Like, what what are you talking about? Like, why would you do you would nobody would do that. Yeah, I don't know why they would go after President. I mean, yeah, what is President? Bush, what is he gonna? What is he gonna lose? President Bush is fucking out of office, like you said, for six years. What could he possibly lose? Yeah, I don't think. He, I don't think we can all of a sudden be like, oh, take these backsies yeah. on the past. Oh, well, get him off the PTA board then. Right, you know, like, we're cutting his fuck? pension. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're just gonna we're gonna fucking send him angry letters. Like, what do you yeah. like? That doesn't make any sense. Like, this is this is the media's job. Right. Like this is the job. This is the fourth estate. Right. We've and we've talked about this. This is if if we don't have journalism to shed the light of day on these actions from our government, then the government has no checks and balances. Right. Right. I mean, that's that's the advantage of a free press. That's why it's one of the you know most sacred things ensconced in our in our constitutional values. Right. Is that. Like a free and open press without that. I mean, look at one of the first things that, you know, any kind of uh, uh, totalitarian regime, one of the first things they lock down is the press. Because you, if you control information, that's one of the ways that you can control perception and, and, and get people, you know, sort of reading along and, and singing your songs. Um, so this is it's a good thing. Like, it's not a bad thing when we find out the government did bad. The bad thing is bad. The finding out is a good thing. Like, the finding out is virtuous. I think we got off the track when we allowed our government to become a secular government. Uh, when we stopped realizing that God created this nation, that he wrote the Constitution, that it's based on biblical principles, and, and, um, and, and we allowed those that don't believe in those things to, to keep pushing us, pushing us, and pushing us away from from uh, the government. This story comes from the raw story. Um, Ohio teen refuses to do homework until school brings back the Ten Commandments. Well, you're going to fail. 
Stupid. <laughs> like, I, I read this and I was just like, what parent would let you make that decision? Like, if my kid came home and he's like, yeah, they took out anything at all from my school, so I'm just going to throw away my education. I'd be like, no, we are having a conversation that is short and very directed about that. Who would who would allow this? Well, at one point in the article, doesn't he say something to the effect of, "Well, this is these are good rules that everyone should live by, and that's why I want them on the walls." She's like, right. "What? What the fuck are you talking about? Good rules that everyone should live by? We talked about the Ten Commandments a million times. They're like the like they're only one third of them is even useful." Well, when you say it like that, Cecil, just because that's true, you know, like, and I guess I don't even understand, like, what would a high school student do with i am the lord your god right like you come in and you're just like oh man i i'm really not sure what to do about you know i've got like two potential dates to the prom i should you know what i'll do i'll check the ten commandments hang on i am the lord your god no not fucking helpful at all like well how would you read any of those and be like oh man that really helps steer me in the right direction along my various complex paths in life are you are you going in on 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 Sunday and being like, oh fuck, I shouldn't be here. It says on these things that there's a Sabbath day for crying out loud. Oh man, I was gonna mow the lawn. It's so hard because it says honor thy father and mother, and Dad said to mow the lawn, but it was Sunday, so I had to, <laughs> so I had to stone Dad. I was gonna say that but that was disrespectful. So the mom's gonna stone me. Yeah. Fucking, there's not gonna be nobody left. There's gonna be a fucking baby sitting in an empty house. Like everybody stoned everybody. And the thing is, is like this kid. Is a freshman. He wasn't even in the school when these things were taken down. They were taken down last year by the, it was either the president or someone. It was like a preventative measure for fucking lawsuit. They saw it and they thought, you know what? We got the Ten Commandments in our hallway. There's been a lot of shit about this lately. I think I'm going to take them down. I'm yeah, just maybe take these are a down. terrible idea. Yeah, maybe this isn't a good idea to have in our hallway. So he takes them down. Or she takes him down. Then the guy comes in and says, oh, they took him down. I wasn't a student here at the time, but this seems like a good way to get out of my fucking algebra homework. So. That's, and then that's so fucking it's like a way to attention whore and be lazy at the same time. Because he also says in there like that, oh, you know, it's like a tradition and like they've been in the school and, you know, it's like part of the school's tradition. It's like, what the fuck do you care about what the school used to do? Yeah. And like. You know, a lot of schools used to have a tradition of segregation, and we figured out that was a fucking bad <laughs> right, idea. Right, right. Like, just because something, that whole fucking old canard, right? Like, oh, man, well, it's part of the tradition. Wow, we got to respect the tradition. We got to keep... We got to keep school mascots that are have fucking offensive names, and we got to, like, <laughs> exactly. have the Ten Commandments up, because it's tradition, right? Like, we can fucking... Thumb our nose at any group of people we want because tradition. Okay, look, we've always been insensitive, intolerant, bigoted assholes. In the name of Jesus, we speak that. So this story comes from the progressive secular humanist blog Apatheos. Mom oh. kills son, believing boy would be better off in heaven. You know, and I got to tell you, Cecil, 
and I think you may be a little. I I agree. Yeah. Because when you've got a mom who is willing to take a knife and a rock <laughs> into your bedroom <laughs> while you sleep and rock. beat and stab you until you die, yeah, I would say that not living is better than living with this fucking crazy woman. Wow. A rock. A rock. You're looking around <laughs> for a murder weapon. You're like, hmm. I got the knife. What should I get? So just that's that's only a stabby. I need a bludgeoner to go with my stabby. Yeah, you got to make sure you get both types of trauma. You know, right? <laughs> rock. Do you have to wonder what she grabbed first? Like, like, right, right? Did she have the rock and then she thought, oh God, all she this needed just was, looks exhausting. All she needed was paper at that point. <laughs> you know, she had a rock and a knife. Well, a knife can pass for scissors, scissors for right? A little while. Yeah, I, it's such a sad story. You read it, and the woman's clearly crazy, because she says something like, the world's full of suffering pain, and it would be better for him to go to heaven tonight. That's kind of what she said. This is a sad-ass story of this person who's just really kind of insane, who wanders into their... And that's the problem, is that, you know, not only is she insane, right, but then she also has these these things that are put into her head. So... She's not smart enough or or sane enough to deal with the myth of heaven and hell. She doesn't she can't contend with that. So she puts her son you know, she kills her son because of it. I don't know that this would still happen if there wasn't an influence of religion, but we know what happened when there was an influence of religion, right? I can't right. tell you what would happen without it because I don't know. But I know what did happen when there was an influence of religion. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you what. These stories, uh, uh, the same story with, with some similar horrifying circumstance. We This hits us, what, maybe three, four times a year? Yeah, something like we that. We cover yeah. a very similar yeah. story. And it's always the same thing. Somebody's right. obviously off kilter. And, you know, they commit some heinous act because they think that they're sending them up to heaven. I, I, and I got to tell you, like, there's a logic there that is true and is inescapable. Right. Yep. If you really believed in paradise, if you truly thought within your in your heart of hearts, if you really believed in paradise, why in the world you spend a minute on Earth? It really kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. This whole paradise scheme that religions rely upon in order to kind of keep you in line while you're here um, has the ability to backfire because taking it to its logical conclusion you know i mean why not i mean truly why not kill yourself and go to heaven yep. why not kill your loved ones yep. and go to heaven why not all commit suicide together and go to heaven it's like it's like if somebody said hey you live in ohio but you could live in tahiti and all you have to do yep is you know, commit this one act. And like all of a sudden you guys all get to live in Tahiti yeah. forever. Or you, well, nobody would pick Ohio. Yeah. Or you live in a trailer park or you could live in a mansion. Which do you want? Right. And, and you're, you're like, fucking, I could live in a mansion forever and ever and ever. Awesome. Let's go to the mansion. Yeah. Right. And you never see this. There's no secular analog. There's no like, you know, mom kills her kids because, you know, Carl Sagan thought it would be a great idea. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. no like, how does it work? Like, or mom kills her kids because she knows they only get one life and should really make something of it. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. like, how does the secular analog even work? 
people go crazy, religious people and non-religious people. They go, they go crazy. But the, the concern that I have is that when you, when you become off balance and have a psychotic break, if you also have this like foundational worldview that says, well, maybe if we all just died, we'd be happier. Man, some bad shit can happen. Want to contact the guys? Go to DissonancePod.com to get links to their Google+, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. If you want to contact them directly, send an email to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Do you want to support the show? Go to Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash DissonancePod. Or click the link on the podcast homepage, and you can donate to the production of Cognitive Dissonance on a per-episode basis. If you can't spare any money, take a second to give us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher, or spread the word about the show. We want to send a big, heartfelt glory hole to all the patrons and people who rate us. You fucking rock. So this story comes from the Washington Post, and I just love this story. Jesus is the reason for the season politician says at a menorah lighting ceremony for Hanukkah and the fucking picture could not be more like this is not one of those situations where right. you forgot who right. you were around right. at the moment yeah right this is not he is around the most Jewish looking people <laughs> it's very true they have uh, the Jewish fedora on they've got the whole like they got like the fucking beard oh, like yeah. the whole like there is no like. Oh, I wonder. Like, I said, no. Absolutely, they're standing next to an yeah. enormous menorah. Those are those are like standard issue Jewish glasses too. <laughs> like those are those are right. That's so, that's so awesome. That's so great. I wonder if this is a guy who has the same dream of like saying something really wildly inappropriate in different places. Because <laughs> clearly he did here. You know what I really love about this, Tom, is if you look at that menorah. <laughs> It's clearly made out of PVC. I know. So it's it's PVC, but they didn't even bother to put like 45 bends or like a like maybe like make it go out at the bottom and then sort of go up. Instead it does this very sort of 45 degree angle thing. Like you could easily <laughs> do something better than that. But you clearly gave up halfway through making this gold menorah. And there's another picture from another article. I was cuz I was doing a little research to see exactly what he said and I was bouncing around. And this other article has one of the fedora-headed guys lighting one of those t- one of those candles and they're giant candles right inside there they're like propane with a propane torch in his hand. <laughs> that was like a was it like a plumber's special it is it's exactly it's like a plumber's like soldering torch he was using to light the thing up this is amazing though this is this is fantastic and the best part is that instead of being like oh that was like a weird faux pas i don't yeah. really know why i said that instead he's like <laughs> He, like, backs it up, and he's yeah. like, hey, I thought it added something to the service, right. and I would say it certainly did. Oh. It added a level of fuck-nuttery yeah. and assholery to the service. <laughs> I think so. It's just one of those – it's like one of those people who double down, doubles down on one of those uh, 
racist team names. You right. Know? It's right. like one of those guys. He's like, what? I don't think the, the, the West Town Jigaboos is a bad name for a team. <laughs> you know? It's like one of those guys where you're just like, no, really. No, really. That's a really horrible name for right. a team. It's like, right. Come on. Well, they're playing the Chinatown Slants. It's going to be a great game. <laughs> oh, no. Oh no! Oh god! There's gonna be so much beeping. It's just gonna, I, I don't know that we can play any of those. But oh. yeah, you know, just and and it's and and then they get mad at you because you're so PC. <laughs> They're just like, God, you're just so PC. God, will you let your hair down? Jeez, I can't even call Jews Jews anymore. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even be as unbelievably insulting as possible. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, look at you, sensitive to other people's thoughts and feelings. He should have. <laughs> he should have kicked this thing over and planted a Christmas tree where it was. Would have been like, great. <laughs> that would have been about as subtle. Like that would have been a, it would, like the only thing more like less subtle would be if he right. fucking crucified one of the Jewish <laughs> leaders on the menorah and then gave him presents. <laughs> I, got, I, I got you a dreidel, motherfucker. <laughs> he like turns one of them upside down and spins the whole man. Oh, oh good lord! <laughs> this is taking a dark turn. <sighs> oh, it's fucking amazing. Oh, uh, he does say though, hey. Jesus was Jewish. Yeah. I thought I was being very positive. <laughs> well, lots of people are fucking Jewish. Like, Woody Allen's Jewish. He's not the reason for the season. <laughs> I also, too, that they're specifically celebrating something else. Right. This isn't, like, the fucking, the, the, the menorah is not a fucking Christmas menorah. It's a fucking Hanukkah thing, I know, dude. I know. Like, are you fucking stupid? It's it's not it's not, it's not even related to Jesus. It's not even, like not even remotely related. And can you imagine like when like one of the Jewish guys like turns to the other and is like, "Who invited this guy?" Yeah. <laughs> like, did we? Did did nobody check to see if this guy had a history oh, of saying insane shit? Well, he says it everywhere. It's almost like he's a fucking he's he's like a anti separate separation from church and state fucking parrot <laughs> he's got like he's got like a like a like a peg leg shaped like a cross <laughs> like <he's, laughs> yar i'm bringing jesus because he's the reason for the season <laughs> i am <laughs> Speaking of bad shit, this is from the Telegraph. Christian teenager takes her own life over misplaced fears about telling family she's a lesbian. Um, so this is exactly what it sounds like. Um, a uh, Christian teenager, she came from a deeply Christian household. Um, she had terrible anxiety about telling her families that she was gay. Um, and rather than uh, reconcile her, her feelings with her faith and, you know, try to find out what's going to happen, she just... She killed. She she killed herself instead. Like that was. She felt so backed into a corner that she killed herself. Yeah, you wind up with with stories like this, and you can't help but recognize that being a gay person can probably make you feel so unbelievably alone that you just that you just don't know what to do. And if you don't have anybody to bounce those ideas off of, and if you wind up with a family that thinks that that is 
unbelievably awful. I mean, we had a guy, we had the guy we played that uh, that clip from. He said something like, "Ain't no faggots gonna come to my church or whatever." You remember that idiot that we just right, played? Right. Yeah. God. There's all those people in the audience that are like, "Amen, brother." What if one of those people was your dad? And right. And and what do you do, especially if in a in a household where the family structure is really important and what you know what your father says is really important to you what do you do how do you how do you contend with that dad's always going to think i'm worthless dad's always going to think i'm less than uh i'm sure that there are many 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 stories by gay people out there when they've come out and it's been a fucking disaster it's been a disaster because somebody has disown them or they lost their social support structure because their friends stopped hanging out with them or uh you know maybe they were in a relationship with the uh someone of the opposite sex and came out because they knew that they couldn't do this and then it ruined that and maybe that possible friendship and that friend circle there's all these bad things that can go wrong when you come out and this person looks like they just weighed the choices and thought it's just not worth it uh I can't help but think, though, that this is the person that those it gets better videos were even was made for. You know, yeah, this is this is the person who they're targeting. The parents in this go out of their way to say, like, we wouldn't have cared. Like, we loved our daughter. It wouldn't have mattered. And I think like, well, that's great. And if that's true, that's great. But I think the problem is that when people are raised in a in a in a worldview, right, they're raised in this deeply Christian conservative worldview and all around them. They're being told that this is evil and it's sinful and it's wrong and it's going to send you to hell. And your parents are sitting in the pew right next to you because they don't know you're gay. And everybody's nodding along. And even if you did come out to your parents and they and they were totally cool with it, you would never think they're going to be cool with it because they're nodding along to that shit. Yeah. You know, they're bobbing their fucking heads to that same fucking five minutes hate that is part of that of that whole culture that's part of that whole christian culture like fundamentalist christian culture that that teaches everybody that like ah oh, this isn't just like you said like what if somebody's sitting in that crowd like what if you're like a, an 11 year old and you sit with your dad and you're sitting in church and that guy's like there's never going to be any faggots in my church and you're getting those first stirrings like there's fir- those first pubescent stirrings that define your sexuality how do you feel and maybe your dad would if confronted would love you more than than his faith and would change and would accept you. But how are you supposed to know that? What is logic? What is reason? What does your past experience tell you? It tells you, man, this shit is not safe. Says it must be male and female. It must be opposite of one another. Everything in the universe testifies against the sodomites and against the sodomite gospel and against the sodomite Bible. So this story comes from the new civil rights movement.com. Um, gay people will die out because they don't reproduce, says Pat Robertson. And that's wow. fucking genius. He really thought this one through. Because the gay people that are here now yeah. clearly came from other gay people. Gay Wait. people. Let's see what he says. <laughs> Crystal writes, I've been in church all my life with my family. We are not allowed to date. The only ones in my church that are married already knew their partners before coming into church. It is treated as a sin to show interest or have a mutual understanding in church with the opposite sex. Most of the people in the church are frustrated because we're getting older and no one is getting married. We pray about the issue, but it seems like it is bouncing back. What should I do? You know, those who are homosexual 
uh, will die <laughs> out because they don't reproduce. You know, you have to have yeah. uh, heterosexual sex to reproduce. Same thing with that church. It, it's doomed. It's going to die out because this is the most nonsensical thing I have heard in a long time. This is absurd. <laughs> God has made us to be in families. God has created a desire of men and women to have attraction to the opposite sex so that they will reproduce and have children. If I were you, I'd get out of that church as fast as I could, cast the dust of it on your feet, shake off the dust, and run. He actually gives, other than his crazy... I know, right? Like, instead of, like, his analogy is fucking retarded. (laughs) It's totally goofy, but his advice is awesome, actually. Right. Like, it's one time where you're like, yeah, all right, I actually kind of have nothing to add yeah, to that. Uh, like, yeah, with it, with the second part, absolutely. The first part, though, it's, it's, it's like Pat skipped over when we started doing artificial insemination. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> he just, he did, that's a blur to Pat. Yeah, I, I, I love that they're all going to die out. Like, oh man, we just got to wait for all the homosexuals that were just born. Right. To die out. They were just born of heterosexual parents. We're going to just wait for them to die out, and then the heterosexuals will continue not to... Like, where do they think they came from? Like, where does the genesis of, of a homosexual come from in his eye? Like, I don't even understand how... What is he talking about? Does he really not understand? Do you really think he thinks that? He has to know about this stuff. You can't hide your head under the rock and not know... That that's a possibility without actual sex nowadays. Yeah, I I am flabbergasted that he would say I really am like because people have we've played it like people in heterosexual like like with families like a heterosexual mom and dad, they have gay children and they've called into his show. So where does he think that they came from? It's it's like right? they spontaneously generated. You know? Right, that's the thing. Like it's like the parents just wake up and they're like, "Oh, fucking Stork brought us a gay kid." Man, they like go out their window and they shake their fists at the sky, like, "Damn you, Stork!" And the Stork just like flies back, giving him the fucking finger. Like, really? Like, does he think like gay kids come from like gay cabbage patches? <laughs> really, gay Storks right? fly them in. Yeah. So weird. What a weird thing to say, Pat. I, I, yeah. And, and the analogy doesn't even make, I mean, just say what you said at the end. Just say that instead. Be like, get the hell out of there because those people aren't going to like that. That sounds like a horrible place. Okay. I'm with you. It sounds like a fucking horrible place. It does. It sounds, There's no denying that. It sounds part. like the worst place ever where everybody's like super hyper sexually frustrated and God. not touching each other and just standing in the church just. Well, I guess looking ahead, hoping that you don't pop a fucking boner, you know? Yeah, that's a weird, like, what is what is going on in that weird, like, the first thing I thought is, like, what a strange cult church. Yeah. Like, you clearly belong to, like, a weird culty church. Like, I'm kind of surprised you're able to even fucking send that email. Yeah, where? how do you even have access to the thing to do that? We believe we're moving into a supernatural season where, if needed, God will multiply food. I have seen... 
God multiplied food more than one time when I was cooking. I mean, when my kids were little, they were always bringing their friends into the house. And I remember, you know, spooning out spaghetti or whatever, just praying in the spirit over that. And God just made more and more and more. You know, I've seen oil multiply as I was praying for the sick. I've seen uh, bottles of oil just fill up about a cup at a time of oil. Um, So this next story also comes from uh, Right Wing Watch, Pat Robertson. Who needs a doctor when God is your physician? Oh, yeah, God's the physician, the same guy who got you sick. It was the devil, Tom, who got you sick. It's God is carrying you. Let's hear what, oh, what I'm Pat, sorry. Yeah. Dr. Pat has to say about this. I'm 76 years old. Several years ago, I made a covenant with God. I asked him to be my physician. I said, I trust you, Lord, for all my physical needs, whether I'm sick or healthy, healed or afflicted. I will never cease to praise you. And when my life is ended, I pray you'll receive me into your holy kingdom. The problem is, every time I'm sick, my family pressures me to see a doctor. Was I foolish for making such a commitment? I know my loved ones are only concerned with my welfare. How can I make them understand? You know, there's some people who think that doctors are God, and they really aren't. And you've asked God to be your physician, so stick with it and say, Lord, I'm I'm asking you for it. I see nothing wrong with taking medicine. I'm all for doctors. I, I'm so grateful for the incredible medicine and the technology we have available to us. It's absolutely extraordinary, and I don't want to diminish that one bit. Unlike how I just diminished it, of course, right? Right. I know. It's like, well, I don't want to diminish it, but I'm sort, sort of really of just diminishing did that. When I said lots of people right. think they're God, but they're not God. That's the fucking like way to kick over that straw man, dude, because nobody's saying yeah. that. I don't know any, you know, there's there, uh, you know, that's the only thing is that it is exactly a straw man. I don't know any doctors that are maniacally laughing, saying, ha ha ha, I'm God. No, they just they know that they have a profession and they're maybe good at it. Well, it's so funny. People get so resentful of yeah. doctors like they get so resentful. Like, ah, oh, fucking doctors think they know everything. It's like you went yep. to them for advice. That makes me crazy. It's like, yeah, well, I went to the doctor and here's my complaint about what the doctor said. It's like, well, the doctor right. didn't come to you. Like, you went there because you're like, I have a problem and I don't know the answer. Okay, that, that's one person. And then you go to the doctor and then show up to the doctor. And the doctor's like, well, here's what I think. And then you don't like what they think. It's like, well, fuck it. You ask them for their help. It's okay if you want to get a second opinion or if you you know, have a difference of thought, but you can't be fucking resentful about it because you didn't fucking know either or you wouldn't and go to the doctor. how many times do you hear the stories of, so I went to the doctor and the doctor said, oh, you're feeling sick, here's a thing, and then I got better. How many times do you hear those stories? I Yeah, you never hear those. What you hear is people complaining about something. So they'll be like, oh man, I went to the doctor and he didn't know what was wrong with me. That's all you ever hear is like the complain stories. So right. people automatically get this negative feeling about doctors. So like, oh, you know, what do these doctors know? All these people know all, these, all the stories I hear, and they aren't doing anything. They aren't curing anybody. But here's a perfect example. My brother was in an accident recently. Pretty bad accident. He fucked his leg up. Fucked his, he, he, messed his, he messed his body up pretty bad. He, smuck, he smacked his face in the ground, and he had like a broken nose and shit. I went down to see him the next day, and he was stable. You know? Right. What would have happened if there wasn't a doctor there? You know, we're, we're, we're perfectly fine when, when it's, oh, I went to the doctor and they didn't know what was wrong with me. My back's been messed up for a while and they didn't know what's wrong with me. 
Yeah, but we're perfectly fine to say, oh, well, yeah, but you can fucking put pins in my leg. That's fine. You can do these. It's almost like we're we're totally fine with doctors doing these very um, these things that we can understand. These things that make sense to us. Stitch right. me Mechanical up when I'm things. yeah. Stitch me up when I'm cut. Pin my arm back together when it when it, you know put some uh, a, a cut uh, like some something on my cuts to to stop it. Make my arm in a cast so it doesn't move so I, I it heals itself. All those all those things. But when it comes to the sort of uh, the parts of the body we don't understand, then it's ah, oh, what do these doctors know? Right. When it comes to like, like, here's like a pill for this thing. And they're like, ah, fucking pills. It's like, no, yeah. it's chemistry, man. Like, yeah. you don't know how it works. Like, just because you don't know how it works doesn't mean it doesn't work. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you ever encounter the same, like the same kind of bullshit, like in your life, but I get it at work all the time. People come to be like, yeah, I got a problem and I don't know what to do. And then I'll be like, yeah, well, here's my suggestion. And like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Well, don't fucking ask me then. Like, don't just don't fucking ask. It's like we, we have this idea with doctors specifically, though, that like we're at the end point of history, right, that we should know everything. And if, if you go to it, if you've got a problem and we don't have a solution for that problem that, you know, ah, the fucking doctors don't know anything. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Like we just don't know everything. It's not the same thing as they don't know anything. We just don't know everything, and that's okay because we still have more things to learn. And maybe it's frustrating because your particular ailment does not yet have, you know, an effective treatment, and that sucks. Like it would be better if it did have an effective treatment, but we're just not at the end point of history yet. Um, but Pat Robertson's advice is basically just be like, "Fucking pray about it, dude." Well, hold on. I love he's like, stick to your fucking guns. Yeah. Let's see, though, because there's still 26 seconds. He might tell him to go to the doctor. Let's see. You've made a commitment to the Lord. Stick with it. Don't let your family influence you. Do what you feel like doing. All right. You, you I mean, you're not a kid. I mean, if you were six years old, that'd be a different matter because right. your parents would be responsible for you. But you're in their 70s. And so live your life. God bless you. OK, so no, he does not tell him no. to go to the doctor. <laughs> He says, follow what you were saying before. And, you know, look, here's the thing. If you get to the point where you're sick, isn't fucking God already letting his part of the covenant down? Isn't he already failing? If if you say to him, this is, this is what you just said, dude. God, you are my physician. God, you, I will, I pray to you. I want you to fucking fix me when I'm healed and when I'm not. And I want you to make sure I'm, I'm fucking tip top shape. And if not, you know, whatever. Basically, God is saying, I don't want you to be in tip-top shape anymore. Right. So why go to the physician anyway? Why even ask that question if that's the case? But what really, you know, in my mind, it's saying God's either given up on the covenant because he's like, fucking, I ain't fixing that shit, dude. You're 76. Like, that's a lot of work. <laughs> There's a lot of maintenance goes into that car. I ain't fucking, I ain't doing that. Well, and he's frustrated that his family wants him to go to the doctor. Like, I, Pat Robertson can't fix that for you. Like, what's he supposed to do? Like, call your family? Yeah. And say, stop trying to pressure. You know, I mean, it's most just, of his questions, right. it, though. What's that? Mo I was going to say most of his questions, though, all revolve around what should I say to my family? He's fucking true. he's the religious dear Abby. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. But yeah, like I, I love the idea that like it, you, you tell God like, yeah, you're my physician. And then you get sick and it's like, well, you know, God just wants you to have cancer now, dude. God. <laughs> It's fine. Yeah. You fucking, yeah. I mean, like, they, that's the thing you do now. Now you die. That's the covenant you made with nobody. That's the other thing. Like, when you said it's like a covenant, like, you're the only one who signed the contract. Yeah. 
Nobody agreed to it. It'd be like, my son does that to me all the time. He'll be like, if I take out the garbage, you'll buy me a pack of Pokemon cards. And I'm like, no, I didn't agree to that. I'm not, you're just going to do the, you're like, you're just going to do your chore. Yeah. I'm not getting you. And he's like, but you'll buy me a pack of Pokemon cards. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I, both parties have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> like in this, it's the same thing. It's like the guy's like, God, you're my doctor. And Dodd's like, I didn't say yes to that. If God really disagreed, though, he'd strike him with lightning or something. He's striking right? him with cancer or yeah. sickness. <laughs> well, he's 76. Right. I, well, it's all made up. <laughs> <laughs> Father, can I ask that you would forgive us for taking prayer out of the schools. Father, when that happened, secular humanism flooded in. Father, it began to penetrate every part of the curriculum. So this story comes from the D.C. Gazette. Mom complains about school Bible handout, gets slammed by local parents, saying you're now, you're outnumbered here. Um, and my favorite part about this story, Cecil, is the woman who's complaining is also religious. Yeah. She just doesn't think it's appropriate. Um, and so she complained to the school and the fucking, the other parents fucking rallied. Not around her, but around no. the Gideons. The fuck is with the Gideons? I, it's it's not a hotel. God, they keep pushing the Bibles on everybody. What is wrong with you people? I don't even understand the end game there, right? Like, do you want a Bible? No. Take a Bible. But I already told you I don't want it. I'm not going to fucking read it, or I'm going to throw it away, or I'm going to fucking use it as rolling papers. Did you did you read what they had to do? So I'm going to read this real quick. This is from this DC Gazette article. This said that the kids were told they could take a Bible if they wanted one. If they were not interested, they could just simply go to the other side of the room. Yeah. Go ostracize yourself. Go to the other side. Don't stand with the rest of us here. Don't. You know, mingle in with all the other kids who have their Bibles just in case. No, I'm going to single you out and send you to another part of the room so people know that you're not getting your Bible. Right. I mean, that's that's fucking you're just you're just looking for a way to discriminate. That's all you're doing. I know that when I was in school, I would have taken the Bible. Me too. Absolutely. There's no I mean, there's no way I wouldn't have. I, yeah. You know, and I wasn't religious when I was in school, but I would have. I would have, I would have just, you know, I would have been like, I'm not gonna be the only one. I'm gonna be the weird kid, right? I was, all, you know, you're already like, that's like the biggest fear when you're in school, right? Like, like school is all about like trying to find your 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 way into an in group, right? Like that's that is just like developmentally like where kids are at. It's especially important for kids, you know, not to 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 feel like they have a support group and a structure, like to be the fucking only one in fucking wherever the South this is. Like, standing off to the side, like, I don't have my Bible. Like, fuck that. Nobody's going to do that. What pressure? What unnecessary pressure? Well, and then, and then you go to Facebook to complain about it, and then they, they wound up, I think they deleted the comment. They initially put it up there, and then a bunch of people were just like, hey, now, you're outnumbered here. Right. Uh, actually, I'm part of your number. I'm not outnumbered. I'm with you. Except for I don't want to get Bibles in school. I'm religious, but I don't want to get Bibles in school. And this is this is exactly why uh, I love the uh, when the Satanists go and, and and hand out the coloring books. Yep, I fucking love it. This shows exactly how how ridiculous it is. Uh, recently, somebody posted on their page. There was a a, a guy posted this. Uh, somebody read a prayer, and it was a prayer at a town meeting. And this guy comes up and starts with, 
you know, one in ten people are an atheist, and he and he starts thanking Mother Earth, and then the Satanic God, and it's all this like he's just throwing in every bit of weird religion shit that he can in this prayer. That's clearly a mockery yep. of prayer. And I was, I thought it was great. I was, I thought this is this is exactly what. Uh, this is exactly the way to point out how ridiculous the entire thing is. And a bunch of people were saying, oh, what a douchebag. And I said, I, I, I piped in and I said, I don't think the guy's a douchebag. I think what he's doing is pointing this out. He's pointing out the fact that this is a ridiculous custom that we yeah. have to start out a, pr- a session of government with a prayer. It's, it's a stupid custom. So I'm going to mock the custom because there's no inherent, there's no sanctity at all in this, in this custom. It's just a custom that we've been doing forever. But if you're not a believer, all religious prayers sound the same. Just just take Jesus out of the Lord's prayer and put Thor in there. It doesn't matter because none of it makes any none of it matters to us. Right? Care. So the idea that this person is a jerk because they're doing it, they're they're an asshole because they're doing it. No, I don't think they're an asshole because they're doing it. I think that they're very rightly pointing out the fact that we're doing something that's antiquated and silly. And in the same case with the Satanists, they're very rightly putting satanic comic books in children's hands so that they stop putting the Bible in their hands. They're not doing it because they want to get Satanism out to the kids. They're doing (laughs) it because they want to get the Bibles out of the classroom. And I I can't I can't commend them higher for that. I think it's wonderful what they're doing. Now, the concern, obviously, is if this isn't, isn't bottled up in San Francisco, this kind of nonsense, then it's going to be spreading across the entire fruited plain, and you're going to be going to your Burger King in Des Moines, Iowa, and you're going to have a rainbow-colored wrapper for your Whopper. So this story comes from Right Wing Watch. Uh, Rick Wiles, nuclear holocaust will kill us all, thanks to gay people. <laughs> thanks, gay people. Not thanks to the thermonuclear weapons, which would be rained down like hellfire from the sky. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like as, as like, as as the, the the balls of fire, hotter and brighter than the sun, envelop our major cities. We'll just be like, oh God, gay people, right before <laughs> having the skin seared and blasted from our bones. <laughs> All right, let's let's listen to Rick Wiles here. Um, he is going to explain how he gets from nuclear holocaust to gay people. I think. Well, he's going to try. Right. This is from his show, True News. I'm going to say that show name again. True News. Worst case scenario is the submarines come up on the West Coast and the East Coast, and they just obliterate us. Submarines? That is a worst case scenario. I mean, it's a very, very unlikely fucking scenario. <laughs> I love, I love that Russia at this point, because it's clearly right. Who else is that? It's fucking certainly not. It's not a fucking Afghanistani fucking submarine. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> so it's clearly wouldn't yeah. make it very far. It's clearly, they build yeah, it in Afghanistan. A, they're like, fuck, well, we're landlocked. What are we yeah, doing? I'm now? just gonna say, from a landlocked country, they have to catapult it to the ocean in order to get there. No, but but fucking, you know, it's it's, it's so it's Russia. But do they do they really have a full? fleet of submarines that could fucking detonate the entire united states still running i I don't know you know like maybe i would i would even probably go so far as to say probably 
like fucking hunt for red October style, like to just. But what would be the advantage? Like, oh, we destroyed the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, now the thing is, I got to figure out why they're going to do this because that's the worst case scenario. But why would they get? Why I would don't they do know. That? Rick Wiles, tell us why. While we sleep at night. That's worst case scenario. And friends, I'm telling you right now, it's a real possibility. It's a real possibility that can happen any day. Really? Wow. Like Tuesday? You know, I grew up in the uh, sort of terror of the Cold War. And this is back when it was like a real fucking deal. Like when it was when there was a possibility, right? You're not talking 70s, late 70s, early 80s. Right. It was a pretty scary time because there was, you know, there was clearly some uh there was some chance that that could happen. Sure. Now, I think it was probably a lot more of a chance fucking back during the fucking Bay of Pigs and shit, <laughs> but it was a, a, a still a chance. I've, I haven't even thought about that in any real way in years. That's because you're not a paranoid nut. I mean, I, what you, when I think about end of the world, and don't get me wrong, I still have, you know, I still have ideas about how possibly the world could end. Sure. It's about... You know, some sort of virus or something and or it's about like global warming or, you know, an asteroid. It's all these sort of things that are, you know, well, sometimes they're under control, but then sometimes they're not. But I'm never thinking a nuclear war, like total nuclear annihilation is the way that something like this is going to happen. Yeah, because that's extravagantly unlikely. That's yeah. why you don't think that's why you don't think about it that reason. Like, I would guess that like if you think about like. Like end of the world type scenarios, my guess is that you know most of the end of the world type scenarios, Cecil, that come to mind would be environmental type scenarios. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, environmental or some kind of you know like the super volcano underneath Yellowstone, like sure, whatever. Sure. You know, like shit like that. But like the idea that like Russia is just going to be like, let's ruin the earth. I don't really see the advantage to that. Like I yeah. know that relations right now are not great, but I don't think they're like wipe out all life bad like why because gas is 239 a gallon like they're gonna wipe out life across the entire like western hemisphere it doesn't make any we sense got, yeah we're not giving him a chance though i mean we're really not giving him a chance to explain That's himself so yeah we are on the edge of world war three and you know what this time the united states of america does not have divine protection oh like we uh. did in in the in world war too yeah no, when, don't you remember the when, divine protection we had yeah like, yeah i do i do because yeah. because they tried to fly those planes to the mainland of the united states but god deflected them off to hawaii right, that was happened. exactly yeah it. <laughs> yeah that's how that works i get it now that's the divine yeah protection no i don't think we, we actually got our divine protection until after the second world war i i, I have to imagine it was post yeah, World War maybe II. you're right. Because there were so maybe many right. dead people in World War II just saying that out loud would be ridiculous. And clearly, like, the 30,000 people that died in Vietnam, they were, like, they were just, like, bad heathen people. Yeah. So they didn't right. count. Like, right. they were the, okay. you know, hippies. Sure. Yeah. Well, did did we did we somehow falter in our divine protection during 9-11? Is that a... Yeah, there was a crack in the divine protection, so... <laughs> Like God, like looked we let away. Our you know what? We let our divine protection lapse. It's like that one month when you you just can't afford it. You're just like, man, I just <laughs> you just forgot just, to I'm pay your life money. insurance that month. I can't. Yeah, like, I can't afford it. Did I write a check and then for you divine get into an protection. Accident? Yeah, shit. <sighs> honey, did you pay the divine protection? I you downloaded the divine protection app, and the, all the all the <laughs> like the plane like <laughs> boom, and you're like, 
look over like with one eye like at your checkbook and like oh yeah. <laughs> oh shit man. I totally should have the divine protection oh, in. Oh honey, did we tithe to the divine protection? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know that I don't ooh. know that I'm following you here, Rick. Lucy? Because we become a nation of homosexuals and atheists and lesbians. And God haters. Wait, <laughs> how is it? How is a lesbian different than an eighth than, than a homosexual? Uh, it's a girl. Well, but it's still a homosexual. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I but don't. He doesn't, <laughs> but he doesn't. He doesn't differentiate between homosexual males and females. He doesn't know between gay guys and gay girls. Right. For him, homosexual means guy. Good God. <laughs> Good. It must. It must because that's what he's well, obsessed with. And and to him, I you know the thing is is that he can't differentiate between those two, but he can differentiate between atheists and god haters. The god haters, they're god haters. Like, what is a god hater? Like somebody who thinks that there's a god and just hates him, just like Urgh. I don't know. That'd be a pretty rare person, I right? Think. How would that even work? Right? I don't. I actually don't understand how that would work. Like, how would you really believe in a god and yeah. hate the god at the same time? Like it, it kind of doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, I only know of one, and he was he was in a, he was a fictional character in a story called The Chronicles of Riddick. So <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that's not probably not actually so, true. Yeah, we told God to get out of this country. Did you forget that? Did you forget that this country told God to get out? We don't want God in this country. We don't want His name on our public buildings. We don't want His Bible in our schools. We don't want his spit it out. We don't want his word to be spoken in public <laughs> venues. That was like a four second pause. I thought I thought something was fucked up in the audio for a second. No, man, he clearly fucking just couldn't spit it out. You know what, what kind of what kind of a fucking uh, a puss is God anywhere? He's just like fine, I'm gonna go, man. He's like at the end of the jerk. He's just like all I want is this church and this synagogue and this holy man, and that's it. That's all I want. He stays like God just taking his ball and going home. Yeah, like guys just it. like it. I hate you yeah. guys, you big doo doo heads with your gays yeah. and your atheists <laughs> and your lesbian gay atheist gay hating Jesus haters. Yeah. <laughs> like what do you what is God like eleven? But the thing is is like he is he is eleven. Right. I mean, fucking I think that, that Noah movie or not Noah or whatever the Exodus movie we saw got it right. He's like fucking a ten year old. Yeah, I, I actually think that, that was the that was the best decision that movie made because like the Abrahamic God is a fucking petulant child. And so that, I guess that does make sense. And I guess actually that Rick Wiles, like aggressively oversimplification of like international political events is also like the kind of childish, childish, petulant bullshit that you would expect. Right. Like it, it all that whole worldview like kind of comes together. It all makes sense now, Cecil. So we told God to get out of the country. What if he got out? What if he left? What are you going to do, America, if he left and the Russian nukes show up, if the Russian submarines show up and you find out God left? Well, what the fuck was he going to do anyway? Show me the one fucking time that God stopped something nuclear going off. Yeah, show, show me like the one anything, right? That, that they were just like, man, they launched that missile and it didn't land anywhere. It just went away. 
Yeah, it just fucking wiped into nothing. Oh. Yeah. Man, that's never happened. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. And, you know, like, that's the thing is, you remember, like, I don't know if you remember this, but there was this big, like, bunch of money we spent in, like, I think it was the early 80s on this thing called Star Wars. Yes, I, do I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> they, spent, they spent all this fucking money, and it was basically like a laser that shot down from the sky that could blow up a missile. And it never fucking worked, or they didn't, they spent a bunch of money and they didn't do it. I don't remember the exact specifics of it. I just remember it was a flop. I remember that that was the big, the, the takeaway from this is that it never did anything. But if that if this is the case, right? If people really do believe this garbage, and let's be honest, our fucking leaders believe. This. Oh sure, so a, yeah. This is not. This is you know we're playing Rick Wiles and we're pretending that he's fucking he's somebody that is uh, not to be taken seriously because we listen to him speak and we think, why would you ever take this person seriously? Right. But I mean, let's be honest. If Rick Perry were in office, this is someone who he would take seriously because this is exactly how like Rick Perry thinks or Michelle Bachman thinks. These are this is how these people think. Yeah. They think that God is fucking protecting us from some outside force. Well, if that's the case, why don't you fucking load a goddamn satellite up full of fucking religious wafers and holy water and send that shit up in space? Yeah, isn't it funny you know? like how much they rely on it, but then at the same time, like they recognize that they're relying on nothing. And yeah. so we spend more money than all of the rest of the world combined on defense. Yeah. You know, like if I really thought I had some kind of divine shield from an omnipotent, omniscient, benevolent God that had me particularly in mind for his affections, why would I spend all this money on all this fucking military equipment? Right. I wouldn't need any of it. You know, I'd just be like, hey, look, I'm fucking surrounded on two sides by you know, vast oceans. I'm fucking friendly with the fucking neighbors to the north and neighbors to the south. Oh, and God loves me. Yeah. I'm going to spend all my money on feeding and educating people. <laughs> Cha-ching. <laughs> all right. There's a little more. I want to say there's about 30 seconds of this left. Who are you going to call on? Ghostbusters. All you atheists and all you homosexuals, <laughs> all you God-haters, <laughs> all you Jesus-despising People out there that that hate the name of Jesus. <laughs> he sounds just like when I was making fun of him. <laughs> it totally does. He's just like all you face people with your faces and your mean heads. Walking around with your legs <laughs> and your doo-doo brains. <laughs> sounds like such a little He sounds like a kid who doesn't like know how to swear really. Right. And he's trying to push the limits on what he can say. You dork dildo brains. <laughs> <laughs> you got a, a dumb nose, face, <laughs> ugly turtle head, boner ass. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That despise his name, who attack Christianity. What are you going to do when the Russian submarines show up? Same thing as you. Who are you going to call upon? Is your gay god going to come and save you? Why don't you go get your gay god? Why don't you go get your gay god? Dude, my you dad gay god. your dad. <laughs> That's exactly what he just said. Oh, my oh. gosh. I'm going to get my big brother. My big brother has nunchucks. <laughs> he has nuts. He's, a, he's like a third degree black belt. <laughs> you guys are going to be so mad when my cousin comes to town. <laughs> he 
once killed a man with his pinky finger. I hate you. Such a childish, shitty thing to say. Oh, it's so funny when he's like, who are you going to call when they do this? And the first thing I think is, well, we'll fucking, I'm not going to call anybody because you're the one who's fucking imagining the scenario, right? (laughs) None of it's going to happen. Well, okay, like, look, I'll run with your scenario for a minute. Like, I don't think a fucking phone call at that point's going to do me any good. (laughs) Who are you going to call upon? I don't want to live in that world. You know, know. I'm going to hope that one of them lands directly on my family. Yeah. That's what I'm going to hope. I'm going to hope that the bomb strikes my house oh, specifically. Gosh. I'm going to be praying to my gay God that day. Right? That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> my gay God. Stupid gay God and all his gayness. <laughs> So we'd like to thank our newest patrons. Uh, we want to thank, of course, all of our patrons, but we want to thank specifically the newest ones. Chris, Charles, Pia, Michael, Naked Mormonism, Stephen, Jamie, Matthew, and Richard. Thank you all so much for your generous donations. Uh, your generations to go, go a long way to making sure the show is possible and go a long way for us to, uh, to donate some of those funds like we did recently to, uh, to Foundation Beyond Belief through David Smalley's show, Dogma Debate. Uh, so we're really happy that we were able to put such, uh, such a large donation out and it's all because of you guys. So thank you all so much. Tom, we got a message from Matt and Matt's listening, uh, in the back catalog, but he asked us a message now. So hopefully you'll hear it in the future, but he does have a question. Matt's question um, is, he says he doesn't understand how to have just a regular conversation about religion um, without it turning into him as the evil atheist who's trying to convert other people. Um, and I, I, you know, I think that this is a, this conversation is not as hard as it sounds like, I don't think. But it's got to it's got to be approached by all parties in the conversation um, with honesty, with sincerity, um, and really without trying to convert anybody. So, you, you got to hear each other out. Like if they're if they're really willing to hear you out, then you got to talk about and and, I, and we kind of gave similar advice or I kind of gave similar advice to somebody else who's talking to Jehovah's Witnesses recently. When you're having these conversations, I think the most interesting way to have a long lasting, meaningful conversation is not to talk about specifics of their religion because their religion is no more relevant to you. You don't believe in it. So if they're a Christian, the specifics of Christianity are no more relevant to you than the specifics of, you know, uh, worshiping Zeus, right? It's all nonsense. Talk about how you come to your beliefs. Why do you believe these things? Where does that belief come from? Did you always believe? You know, did your parents believe? When did you first start believing? Where did it come from? How do you think people, you know, ask bigger questions. Draw out bigger questions. People... I think feel less threatened um, when you are really genuinely curious, yeah. and when you draw them out and ask yeah. them kind of, kind of larger, um, more meaningful questions. If you're just gonna, you know, pick at each other's individual belief systems, um, nobody's winning. So if you're gonna gripe about this Bible passage or that Bible passage, eh, it just doesn't. I mean, how is that? You're not even having the conversation at that point. The Bible's doing all the work. Yeah, you know, anti- ask big questions. Anti-apologetic stuff is not the way to go. I think. I think you're right, Tom. I think, and I think people do feel feel better when you say things like that. I think that's what Peter Bogosian's book gets right too, 
when he talks about how you approach the conversation in a very non-confrontational way and you talk about how we understand things. How do we understand this? How did, if you were, and, and put yourself in their position, put yourself in their shoes, uh, and try to, try to talk to them on a, on a common level. And, uh, and I think that it, it's, it's actually pretty easy to have those conversations. I actually have conversations all the time about anti-apologetic stuff with people that are religious because I've built that foundation on the earlier stuff, which is how do we know these things? So once you get past and can get comfortable with people talking about religion, you can start working your way up to that anti-apologetic stuff. Right. Uh, you just have to, I just think you have to work there first. You have to work to get there first. We got a message from, uh, this is from Carolyn and, uh, Carolyn talks about great America and, uh, physics day. A lot of people talk about physics day. We got a, a, a voicemail we played at the beginning of the show that talks about physics day. Uh, but one of the things, uh, that she said, she said when she found out she was pregnant with twins, she begged her husband to let them name her, <laughs> let her name them Jesus and Muhammad. That was awesome. The hilarious part is that these two names are the most common first names around the world, just not in English, in the English speaking world. Man, those kids would have hated me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Could great. Could you imagine having a, you know, a totally Caucasian family and being named Muhammad? That oh. would be, uh, you would be, that would be something else, man. Yeah, as as a as a parent to a child whose middle name is actually Danger. Yeah, <laughs> I sympathize with your desire to have some fun with the names, but I think your husband made the right call in shooting yeah. that particular uh, one down. We got a message from Tim, and Tim said uh, that he had hurt himself, and uh, he had a back injury, and then he wound up being sort of a uh, on a couch, basically just not able to 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 do a lot because of it and uh, he found our podcast and he said our podcast really helped him through um he was able to laugh and and really just uh just just be a little a lot more positive and then he he found a he said recently found a physician and he's actually undergoing treatment that is able to make him walk with two canes so we're so happy that you're you're back on your feet and we hope you continue to to get better and better and better and we're happy that our if, our if our podcast played even the smallest role in in you coping with a bad situation and then ultimately getting better we're absolutely thrilled about that and we can't we can't be happier uh that that we did a tiny tiny part yeah i i can't imagine this show doing anything but crippling people yeah i know <laughs> to be perfectly honest so the the very idea that this would actually be accidentally helpful to yeah. somebody um, man, we're, that's awesome. So we got a, a message from, uh, from Steve from the Skepticule, Skepticule podcast. He says, I cannot believe that a load of pedantic bastards have nagged you about pyramids and slavery. They may be right, but they are clearly a load of pedantic <laughs> bastards <may> right. <laughs> that listen to your show. <laughs> Truly incredible amounts of unnecessarily pompous, abstruse, and nitpicking, punctilious prizing a part of every jot and tittle that you say on the program. With an E. There's an E. Then I find that a load of life wasters that have droned on and on about your errors in relation to resurrection in the Bible. Pathetic. By the way, you're wrong about leprosy. It's always <laughs> <laughs> it's always had a really low death rate. That's awesome. Uh, that's you fantastic. Know, it's funny. Thank it's you funny. so much, man. That's yeah. funny. We, it was great. We got it. We did get a, a bunch of messages about this. Um, the the leprosy thing was hyperbole, though. I was saying it 
um, as hyperbole and I failed because it's obviously less than what I was expecting. But I was just saying it as like a joke because the people in the movie didn't have leprosy. They just had boils. Right. And I just right. I just made a joke about leprosy. Because they but, look gross. Yeah. Like it was, just, it was just a yeah. – uh, yeah, it looked like a comment uh, about yeah. them looking funky. Yeah, that's all it was. Yeah. I, I didn't say they yeah. didn't actually get leprosy in the movie. No, so. no. And none of them died from the boils. I don't think they died from the attack insects. We got a message from Mark and uh, and Mark is a Christian. He says he, he he's our token Christian fan. I love it. And uh, and he says as a liberal Christian, and he's talking about a bunch of other people. And uh, and he says uh, we do a great job of mocking stupidity when you know we're talking about asshat preachers and and people that don't know about the bible etc and uh and i th- i think it's kind of funny that uh that we i think would have a lot more in common with a liberal christian than we would have with a very very conservative atheist i think that many conservative atheists would have a lot of problems with what we have to say you know when it comes to like the death penalty or it comes to welfare or it comes to a lot of those things whereas i think a liberal christian follows us through on all that stuff and it's just it's just the part about God that they disagree on, but they also disagree on the, you know, the assholes who take people for their money or the, you know, Pat Robertson giving shitty doctor advice when he shouldn't. <laughs> you know, they all agree with that. They just happen to take it like there's just one step that they don't go when we when we don't think there's a God and they do. And I think that there's a there's a lot to be said about that. That it's, it's it, I think that I have a lot in common with people I work with who happen to be Christians whereas I might not have common with with people who who b- would be atheists, but I just you know I just don't have the the same worldview as them. Yeah, and a lot of the people that you work with are like they're committed to social justice issues, right? And, like those are things that are very important to you. So like there's that connect there, you know, and those are yeah. those are larger issues. The religion thing is a gulf that can be crossed. We just finished a few minutes ago recording with uh with Bobby and with Miss Ashley from the No Religion Required podcast. When that podcast is posted, we'll put it on this episode's show notes. You couldn't find two sweeter people to have a conversation with, though. Uh, They were absolutely wonderful. They were funny. And we just had a a great time just chatting with them for about an hour. I want to say about an hour and 20 minutes. So when it's posted, we'll post the the link to it. But uh, but head on over there and listen to us on there and listen to their other shows. Um, They were just super nice people. And they were... Uh, I don't know why, but they listened to our show before. I don't know why they would do that. Um, but they were, they were really, uh, uh, they were complimentary about our show and they, and they were just super nice. So if you get a chance, uh, take a listen to their show and, uh, and we're going to get a chance to hang out with them when we go down to, uh, to reason con, uh, this upcoming, I think it's in April when we head on down to the big old city of Asheville, North Carolina. No, 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 no. It's not in Asheville, Cecil. It's in Hickory. Oh, North Carolina, because they wanted to the move size. it out of the big yeah. city. That's half the size of Asheville. Asheville. It's for a population of forty thousand in Hickory. So that's, Man. I mean, that's basically like the population of a skyscraper yeah. <laughs> in Chicago. That's obviously an exaggeration. It's like ten skyscrapers. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we want to end the show today. We got a message. We got a message from James, and James uh, is from the Unbearable podcast, and he uh, he also does a, a a show called John Hates Movies, and uh, and he sent us a song. So I'm going to end the show today not with the Skeptics Creed. I am going to end the show with the Glory Hole song that he put together. So thanks, John, for sending it. Uh, we're going to put it here at the end of the show. So uh, so if you want to listen to it, it's going to be right afterwards. 
We're going to be back next week. I'm not going to leave you with the Skeptics Creed. We're also planning something really big for the 200th episode. We're hopefully going to have a very similar episode to the 100th episode. We went out and found guests that we just have a great time talking to, and we're going to put them on and just hang out and do news stories with a bunch of different guests. So episode 200 is right around the corner, probably right after the first of the year. And uh, and we're looking forward to uh, getting together with several different podcasters over the next couple of weeks to record their segments. Uh, so 200 looks like it's going to be a lot of fun and we're looking forward to it. But we're going to leave you with John's song until next week. Don't fight, don't want to know I know where to go Glory hold, glory hold Time to face the unknown Glory hold, glory hold But I will not be alone Here I stand With my chest to the wall I pretend that you're a girl